0: Welcome to Legends from the Hill, the Franciscan University alumni podcast. In celebration of our 75th Jubilee year, we are talking to alumni throughout our history about who they are, what they're doing now, and their candid experiences of life on campus. We're your hosts, Christy Fleming, Director of Alumni Relations, and Megan Cohen,
1: Class of 2010. Join us as we hear how the Franciscan spirit lives on in the lives of our alumni on Legends from the Hill.
0: Hey, Christy, how are you doing today? Hello there. Nice to see you again. Always good to see you. Always good to see you. How has life been on campus lately? Okay, I've been dying to tell you this story. We had a guest last week. We had an alum come to town, and I wish we could have recorded a conversation with him because he was unbelievable okay tell me tell me more about him okay so his name is pete caiaphas and he graduated in 1951 Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Yeah. So he's going to be 97 years old. And he just had the most incredible story. So he came and spent an hour with us um, on campus and just told us stories of his time on campus and his life afterwards. And it was so, so beautiful. So he was in the war and then he came back um, and he worked in the mills um, at night and then went to school during the day wow what a go-getting yeah it was super cool he was telling stories about father egan who obviously yeah we have buildings named after um and yeah father egan like helped him to stay in when uh, he fell asleep a few times during (laughs) class and you know they tried hasn't right yeah i mean he was working in the mills and he had a little baby so he was a busy guy and father egan really helped him so it was beautiful he he said that Francisca or the College of Steubenville at right, the time right. taught him how to be a man and how to work. That's so beautiful. So I it, love that. Yeah, it was just a really beautiful encounter with him. Um, and then he got to meet Father Dave really briefly um, as he was leaving. And we just got to show our appreciation to say, like, hey, our we are built on the shoulders of people like him who were here from the beginning, downtown, before there was a exactly. campus on the hill. Did he love seeing the campus? I mean, what a beautiful time to come see the
1: campus I mean, physically, like the seasons, but also just, I mean, there's so much growth. It's so, I feel like every time I'm up there, I'm just so proud. I'm like, this is where I'm from, you know?
0: Oh, he it- totally felt that. He couldn't believe it. He's like, we had one little classroom building oh. downtown and <laughs> to see what it has become was really incredible for him.
1: I'm so glad that you got to meet him and I'm i am so glad he got to come up and share stories.
0: Yeah, it was really great. So thank you, Pete Caiaphas. Oh, a shout out to Pete. I love that.
1: I love that. Thanks to all our alumni that have been listening to the podcast too. We we are getting to meet so many wonderful people that are so inspiring. It's such a gift.
0: Yeah, it's really neat to know that, I mean, we're not a ginormous school <laughs> right? by any means, but we've got a network of people and they have great stories and experiences to share. So it's been really a fun time. I agree. I agree. That's awesome. Okay. Well, our guest today is pretty amazing.
1: Um, she is a 2018 grad who had a bachelor of science in economics and a minor in marketing. She was in love of the lamb household and is currently an IT specialist with the cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency, otherwise known as CISA. Okay. Um, and she is also part of the, um, the business department alumni uh, networking board. So she is now already giving back only what four years later to alumni trying to make connections, working with professors in the um, business department and trying to help people get jobs, get interviews, um, get internships and just helping people make their way into the world in the bit in the business world.
0: I love that. Yeah, she's a great person to be able to network with and help our students. So we have a lot of appreciation for her. Yep. All right, so we're gonna welcome Colleen McInerney. Welcome, Colleen, to the podcast. It's good to have you today. Yeah, happy to be here. Morning, ladies. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. So can we start from the beginning of how did you choose to come to Franciscan? Where are you from and how did you choose to come here?
2: Yeah, um, so I'm from Tampa, Florida, so a ways away from Steubenville, Ohio. Um, I actually didn't know Franciscan existed until I was about 17, um, I found out through a family friend, it was actually my sister's uh, best friend from high school and uh, like very like devout Catholic family and uh, never knew it existed. Um, my sister went there for graduate school and I, I visited her for a weekend just to like tour the campus and get an idea. Um, and I instantly fell in love. So it was funny. I like never heard of it. I had my heart set on going to University of Florida didn't get in. And then I like took a weekend in like middle of nowhere, Ohio, and just like absolutely adored the campus. I love it.
0: That's a big adjustment. Yeah. Florida to Steubenville. Wow. It
1: really must have been love right?
2: Uh, it was, I love the cold now. Like I would go home for Christmas and it would be warm. And I was like, this is sad.
1: I do love the seasons here. I feel cause you get all four so distinctly, like we're rounding out spring here and I'm just living in the glory. I'm from Virginia. So we get seasons, but they're not as dramatic. And I love that here. It's good. Okay. Um, so, so you came to Steubenville, to study. Was your sister here when you came? Or had she already finished her degree and you were just on Mm -hmm. your own up here?
2: So we, we overlapped a little bit in that she had just finished her graduate degree um, and was seeing if she could kind of stick around in the area. And I had transferred in as a sophomore. um, But then uh, she moved back home kind of, I believe, when I kind of hit my like second semester here. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, a little bit of overlap, which was nice because, um, like, I didn't know anybody. Um, But luckily, I actually became really good friends with one of her friends, like, younger sisters. So it was weird to see, like, the second generation, like, making (laughs) friends with each other.
1: Yeah, you already had, like, a heritage at Franciscan, even though you had transferred in. So so what was it like when you got on campus? What did you get involved in, and, and what struck you about being a student at Franciscan?
2: yeah um, I think what struck me at first was just like the warmth of the people and um I think I'd grown up uh like as a cradle Catholic, but I don't think I'd really like kind of taken the faith as my own, and it was really cool to see all these like minded individuals more concerned with like pursuing the good than like a dollar amount, you know when you think of college, people think of success and metrics and like kind of the, what's the bottom line, but it was really interesting to see a lot of just like people there to, to kind of lift each other up. And then, uh, yeah, I, again, like I love the seasons and the campus was just stunning and beautiful and like green. So I think the scenery with the warmth of the people was just enough for me to, uh, to really commit. And then I played, <laughs> I played softball for a year. Um, but when I played, the team was terrible and we didn't win any games. <laughs> <laughs> no. But it was it was a good chance to, like, make friends, and I got to uh, travel around all of Pennsylvania, so that was fun. Um, and then uh, I also joined Love of the Lamb Household and then the Christian Students for Free Enterprise, which is kind of, like, um, you can use that um, to really, like, make an impact in the business department. And then also um, if you, if you do that club for, like, all of your credit out or for the remaining credit hours, basically you don't have to write a thesis. So I was like, Oh, no thesis, like check mark. (laughs) Listen, I didn't know about
1: that loophole. That's pretty cool.
0: That's great.
1: That's great. Yeah.
0: Wow. So you were involved in a lot of different things. Did you know what you wanted to study when you came in and kind of where your career was going to go? Or was that a journey?
2: Oh, that that was definitely a journey. I, I, I love learning, so um, I've noticed that's, like, both a blessing and a curse because I, um, I was super interested in marketing and, like, public relations and, like, that side of the fence, but then um, I also really enjoyed studying, like, economics. So I, I did major in economics, and I really enjoyed learning about, like, money and banking and, like, what money is and, like, how you can use, like, that store of value to kind of, like, drive different decisions and whatnot. But um, yeah, I liked a lot of different things. So I think it was hard for me to think about well, what am I going to be doing in the future? And I think if 18-year-old me saw what I do now, I, they would just be like flabbergasted and be like, I don't know how we got from like X to Y. So
1: That's really cool. You're not the first alumni to say that. It's also probably hard when you get here. You're around some pretty amazing people and some pretty amazing professors you're inspired. And if you love to learn, it's like, I just, you just want to absorb everything, right? You just want to get all the information that you can. So.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think the the best thing I ever did was uh, since I transferred, I was like a little bit behind on like course credits. So I had to play catch up, but I took all my hard classes like in my junior year or like in the fall of my senior year. So then in my senior spring, I could just have fun. So I took like a drawing class, I took Mariology, like I had, like it was learning for the sake of fun instead of learning for the sake of learning and like to check a box. And it just, I think that's one of the times I also like really just fell back in love with our school. I was like, wow, like I never thought about taking Mariology, but um, Professor Mirabali's class, I think was one of the highlights of like my whole college career.
0: Mm, That's awesome. That's awesome. I remember doing the same thing. I think I actually audited it because I was like, I don't know if I want to actually do all the work, (laughs) but it was incredible to be able to just absorb it for what it was. And sake of learning. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, definitely. I know if I could go back in time, I would like take angelology and like some of the more like, and like all the theology classes were interesting, but if I could like, go back in time and like have a time turner like Hermione or something, I would for sure go back and like take all the (laughs)
0: objects. Yeah. Hindsight is 2020. That's great. So Uh, tell us where you are now. What what does life look like for you and what are you working on?
2: Right. So um, I live in uh, the D.C. area. Uh, Specifically, I live out in uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. So I'm like 30 minutes from the city. Um, I work uh, for the federal government to be specific, the Cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency. Um, and our, our main mission kind of for the whole agency is to um, secure and defend the homeland. So the gov networks, and then also the networks of, you know, um, the different, um, you know, state, local, territorial, tribal governments, and then like our our private industry, our stakeholders, like essentially everybody, but you're um, just on the front know. lines
1: in the digital world, <laughs> protecting us is what you're saying, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I am. Um, it's really interesting. Specifically, I work with a group of people um, in uh, an organization called Vulnerability Management, and basically, what we do is um, we kind of help empower like our our different stakeholders that I mentioned to remediate and patch vulnerabilities within their um, networks and their operating environments and their devices. So that's been really cool. I'm one of the not I'm more of the like business operations perspective for this. Um, So I write a lot of guidance and I analyze processes and see how we can kind of fix those. And then I also play a little bit of a PR role too. Uh, We make really great products, which basically um, kind of explain to the public, you know, how do we better defend our our networks and our devices and our systems? Um, So sometimes I just have to look for opportunities, whether it's like existing conferences or like speaking engagements within the agency and basically kind of promote what all we have to offer. Because we have a a lot of great things, um, but sometimes uh, due to the sensitivity of like the data that we use. we can only share within like a certain audience because, um, you know, part part of working for the government is, you know, we ask people to share their data with us, but when they share their data with us, we basically have to say like, Hey, this is the the data sharing agreement. We're not going to share outside of X audience. So you have to be super mindful (laughs) of what you're sharing and when you're sharing. Um, and there's a whole schema, um, tied to that, but, It's, it's a really interesting job and, uh, I, I love what I do and it's cool to just be like, yeah, I help our nation. Like no big deal.
1: MBD.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. I mean,
1: did you do this right after, right after Franciscan or did you, is this kind of a, you, was it a a way, was it a journey to get to this point?
2: Oh, it, it was a journey. Um, I graduated Franciscan. Um, I went back home. I worked some, some just kind of like not super fulfilling jobs, um, and then I kind of like looked myself in the mirror one day and I was like, we got to get out of Florida. <laughs> like I, I, I got back home and I was like, I forgot. I don't like the state of Florida, <laughs> uh, which is fine. I think we all like outgrow places and like different like points in our life. And sometimes you need change. Um, so I, I moved to DC. I got my master's in um, business at the Catholic University of America. And while I did that, I interned, um, for a cybersecurity startup and I sold risk quantification software. And that's kind of how I like dipped my toe into cybersecurity. And then after I graduated, I worked, um, as a consultant, uh, for CISA. So I was kind of on the other side of the fence. I was uh, a a private industry, like worker embedded within the organization, still doing the same thing I'm doing now. Um but um just kind of a, a little bit of a different like work hours and setup. But now I'm I'm on the federal side, which just means I get to clock an eight hour day and then lock off. And uh <laughs> of course, unless like somebody gets hacked or something, then I'm online until God knows when. But um no, yeah, so that's it was definitely a journey and I even though like parts of it were not ideal, I'm glad it, I stumbled into this and now I, I love my job and I don't really ever want to leave the agency unless like forced to at this point. That's great.
0: I mean, yeah. how many people can say that about their job? That's so cool. So what can you tell us about cybersecurity mm-hmm. that we might not know? What would like an everyday person, which we be aware of?
2: Yeah. Um. So I think Number one, I think it's new, so it's constantly evolving, and it's one of those things like medicine. Um, so, like, I think it's interesting because, like, they're like now, there's a cybersecurity minor at Franciscan, and that's phenomenal. But it's not something you can kind of just pick up. You kind of it's like constantly learning. So, like, I love it because I get to like absorb the technical just by being at work and like listening to people talk. But um, so yeah, constantly evolving. And then I think one of the more, like, basic things that you can actually apply is if, like, when Apple or Microsoft um, kind of are trying to force you to update your software, update it as soon as you can. Because if you don't update it in a timely manner, like, there could be a vulnerability within the software, and then that makes, like, your device and then, like, subsequently, like, your Wi-Fi network basically, like, vulnerable. So update your software as soon as you can. Um, I think another one is um, get a password manager. So it's just like a tool that you can get that remembers all your passwords and encrypts them. Um, And that way you're not playing, you know, password roulette. Um, You're not using the same one. So then you're like, again, you're super vulnerable and like it's not going to take anybody (laughs) that hard to hack you and whatnot. Um, So like, I use LastPass. So that just kind of like stores all my um passwords. So again, like you're on top of it, um, you're secure, you're feeling okay. And then I think um I don't know, it's it's a really interesting time. So my favorite part is looking at the legislation that's coming out around this. Um there's a bill, a big defense bill called the National Defense Authorization Act. Um and they'll um add a bunch of new cybersecurity like policies and stuff. And I don't know, we're at a really interesting time in history where we're finally talking about it. So it's getting a lot of attention. Um, But like for as long as the internet's been around, you could argue that like cybersecurity has been like also around. We just weren't aware of it or like as like attentive to it.
1: Wow. That's, I feel like this is all super practical, super great advice. I have to be honest, it's a little intimidating for me,
2: just as, like, a regular Joe out in the just world. So understand, I am, like, not super technical either. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is, like, the lowest of the low. Like, I'm, I'm trying to be technical enough to, like, where I can be, like, a little dangerous. But, like, I, I don't know how to hack. I don't know how to code. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> That's good clear. to know. <laughs>
0: So can I ask, I don't know if you are able to say anything about this, yeah. but just with the war in Ukraine right now, I feel like we're hearing mm-hmm. a lot more about Russia and being on guard yeah. about things. Are you guys seeing a lot more and should the general public really be more cautious at this time?
2: Um, so, like, I, I, I can say that, like, yes, like, since we do defend the nation's networks, like, we're aware, we're actively monitoring, but... um. I don't know if I can exactly like tie that to like a percentage point or like any, um, I think it's just noting that like, it's going to sound super dark, but like the next age of warfare that we're in now is like digital and it's biomedical. So I think everybody needs to be more aware and, you know, again, do the small things you can like get a password manager, like update your software. Um, and kind of like rest in the fact that, like, like federal entities, like the like the FBI, like sisa um, and other like organizations like the NSA, like they're aware, and like we're here to protect and serve, and we will. but um it's it's interesting because it's super unique because I think it's almost like, you know, we're we're all aware it's happening. um, but there's no like, I don't want to say timeline, because it's very unfortunate, but, like, it, there's just a lot of uncertainty there, and I don't know if anyone, like, none of the political analysts, like, expected it to go on this long or to happen when it did, so it's very interesting to see how it's unfolding, but, um, yeah, rest rest assured, like, CISA and all the other federal agencies are actively monitoring and making sure we're protected, but, um, yeah, just do do what you can. <laughs>
0: great, great. So, like, just to be clear, my uh, Google saving the passwords, that's not a safety net.
2: <laughs> I, I wouldn't rely on oh, that. No. Whoops.
0: <laughs> and we're done. Trust I can't. me, I, <laughs> when
2: I learned this stuff, I was like, oh, I got to change my behavior. <laughs> great. Right.
1: I can't be using the same email password I used in college. my <laughs> <Okay. laughs>
2: I was definitely <laughs> guilty of that up until a few She's like sweating school. over here. Good she's PSAs.
1: like, oh, dear goodness. <laughs> I'm worried about your identity, Meg.
0: Oh, no. Well, very interesting. Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, and I know that obviously you have a wealth of experiences and knowledges now, and you're sharing them with students as well that are still on campus. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience there and what you've been doing?
2: Yeah, no. Um, so as, um, yeah, so my, I, my little from Love of the Lamb, Courtney Sanch, um, reached out to me saying that Dr. Kelly, head of the business department, basically had talked to her and said, we're, we're looking to get more alumni involved in helping the current students out. Um, you know, people who aren't too removed and like haven't forgotten what like day to day life looks like and like the opportunities that are like currently provided, So uh, her and I developed the Business Department Alumni Network, the VDAN, and basically what that kind of aims to do is we want to empower our students by giving them the tools like resume templates, cover letter templates, like uh, the reference sheet you send like when you fill out an application, like a template for that. And then also just um, kind of a, a shoulder to lean on and give any guidance or like, interview tips or how-tos and whatnot, and then just, like, general career advice, too, so um, it's been fun. I've had some fun conversations with some students, and then also I've reviewed a lot of resumes, and just a reminder of, like, it reminds me of, like, how lost I was when I was in college, because <laughs> nobody <laughs> really tells you how to do that stuff, but I wish somebody had.
1: That's really amazing, and you were telling us before, We started recording that you have gotten what three or four people some interviews. Is that is this in the same network that has facilitated that?
2: Yeah, no, it's been super rewarding. I think, um, I don't know if all of them have secured their internships and whatnot, but we've been able to connect a lot of people and to get a lot of conversations started. Um, and I think the next step for us is going to be more formally building that network and like connecting with, um, kind of other Catholic business leaders, because they're out there. I think it's just figuring out like, where do they congregate? Where do they speak? Where do they work? And then um, we're fortunate now that like a lot of people will give remote internships. So hopefully we can make it a little bit easier for the the current students.
1: That's a great way to give back to your alma mater, to your community. It's such a concrete need. And it's it's probably better that you are able to relate a little bit more. I, what am I trying to say? Like when you, you've, you've graduated recently, so you have a little bit better idea of what they're experiencing better than even like Christy or I, or somebody a little bit older. So that's really awesome. That's really awesome.
0: And they probably hear it from their professors, which is awesome, but it's good to have it come from <laughs> other avenues as well. Yes. For sure. No, definitely.
2: I think sometimes we all need someone to remind us, like, it's okay. You're not going to know what you're doing. And then, um, one thing I try to always let them know is, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do until I had an internship that I hated. Mm. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, just say yes. Like, what what bad can come out of it? You don't like it? Great. Now you know you don't want to be an accountant or, like, yep. a, an analyst or something, you know. Like, yep. that's not up your lane. But, like, if you don't try, you're never going to know what you like to do.
1: That's so true. It's, like, it's easier to redirect a moving ball Or, you know, than it is like something at a standstill. It's easier to redirect something that's already in motion. So.
2: Exactly. Yeah. That's
0: great. Well, thank you for that service to our alums. If somebody wanted to get involved or help to network in some way, what would they do Mm -hmm. to get involved? That's
2: a good thing. Um, So we do have uh, a business alumni department network like group. We're trying to keep it to the current students and the current alumni who are serving um, but there is a broader um, LinkedIn page that the business department runs. I cannot remember the name of it off the top of my head, um, but they could also just like, reach out to me. I'm happy to like help facilitate any like additions to the LinkedIn page or introductions and whatnot. But um, yeah, no, we're really looking to see like how we can use alumni and all our different connections to um, really help empower our students and give them the opportunities uh, they need. But
0: I love that. Great. And we have our own like alumni uh, LinkedIn page as well. So we can all kind of, I know our page is connected to your page, so we can link everybody together there.
2: Yeah, for sure. Now, I mean, hey, uh, anyway, we can get the conversation started.
1: I love that. I love that. So um, you kind of already touched on this a little bit, but is there any other advice that you would give students today um, other than what you kind of just said, like, just try something, just start moving, just, you know, either um, students that are, you know, at Franciscan today mm-hmm. or, or, you know, even people that have yeah. just graduated.
2: Um, I mean, this is going to sound typical, like business major, like network. Um, <laughs> I did something a little crazy. Um, So I like went to graduate school during the pandemic. Right. I was, absolutely terrified that i was not gonna land a job i was gonna wind up back in florida and i was like nope not gonna happen um i messaged over like 150 consultants in the dc area um but then i I talked to one girl named um i'm not never mind i'm not gonna drop her name but um i i talked to one uh really nice young lady and she actually helped me like land my current like land my my consultant job so I could be where I am today so like again like take action I think it's very easy to like sit there and like of course maybe take the time to like grieve any like maybe like high expectations or like if you didn't get a job of course you need to like sit with those feelings but um like LinkedIn message strangers like comment on their posts like just engage with people um because the more you put yourself in like an opportunity to learn and grow and also like absorb the knowledge of those around you, like the better you're going to be, not only just like as a person, but also like as an employee. Uh, I, I feel like we always say like, it's good to talk. It's good to comment. Like it's also good to listen. It's also good to know (laughs) that every point you have is not super valid. And I feel like sometimes that's lost on younger people because, you know, we're taught we got to get in there. We got to like grind and make our impression. But it's like, you know, if you can listen and listen well and then take that and do something with it, you're going to be a far better employee than all the people who just raise their hand and are like, I have something to say. Like, I <laughs> I take umbrage with those people because I'm like, listen, like, make your point. But like every thought that pops in your head, like you do not need to post every thought. <laughs> it's
0: a good, humble place to be. A little wisdom
1: shooting out from the hip. I like that. Yeah. Great.
0: All right. Let's do it. Well, to finish up, we would love to ask you some of our hot takes from the hill to get your (laughs) uh, just quick responses about your life on campus. So who was your favorite professor? Dr. Corey
2: Maloney.
1: Um, you told us just a little bit about him beforehand. It would actually be great. You don't have to make this super short, yeah. but,
2: you know. Okay, yeah. I was like, hot takes this, this, like, speed round. <laughs> but we really
1: need to, yeah,
2: yeah. We got to okay. we
1: gotta rephrase there.
2: <laughs> no, yeah. Um, he was just uh, a phenomenal uh, professor, and um, he taught us how to use Excel and how to do data analysis. I wish I would have practiced because I've lost all that knowledge. Um, but what really stuck with me is he made us read Uh, some jp2 letter i believe it was like on the dignity of work um and i think we i talked about this a little bit before um we started recording but basically he he kind of let us know that like you're called like your, your gifts and your talents are not a coincidence i think we all know that but i think we forget it once the word career and income are thrown at us as we start to get older um And it just kind of was the reminder I needed, I think like I was 20, that it's okay to really love business. It's okay to want to have a decent sized income, not saying I do or I don't, but just like, it's okay to want those things. And it's okay to want to like, take these gifts and talents into private industry. Uh, Because Franciscan is great. But I think sometimes you're so surrounded in the faith which is phenomenal and should be what like we how we form our our business students and like people in the workplace but sometimes we get caught up in the trap of like well, there are a lot of theo cats maybe i need to be a theo cat and in order to make substantial contribution to society i have to be like an rcia teacher or i have to you know be a youth minister and um you, you don't you can take whatever gifts and talents you have and whatever you're drawn to and know that like that's kind of like of God and like you can pursue that like unashamedly um I think everybody hits their I think you said it was like quarter life crisis throughout college like I went on a send mission trip and I was like I didn't even know this existed and I was like I'm doing it all wrong and that no <laughs> I would not have been minister.
1: <laughs> yeah we need more people like you in, I mean, that's what Franciscan is hopefully doing: is developing yeah. disciples that should be in every, every sector. You know what I mean? I'm so glad that you work in the government. I'm so glad that you work for this agency. You know, because you have, hopefully, I mean, I, I know you, but you know, have you have a, a you know moral compass that is yeah. you know, it, you know, directing you in a way that is valuing human life. So it's really awesome.
2: Yeah. No, definitely. I think we need to remind kind of our our young students either before they graduate or after they've graduated or yeah, after they've newly graduated that like it's fine. It'll all work out. But also we need good like mortgage brokers. We need good accountants. We need good like um, teachers, you know, just like things that aren't directly tied to service, but they are. We just don't see it through that lens. Mm -hmm.
0: And who knows who you get to touch in that field Mm -hmm. that wouldn't otherwise know somebody like you.
2: Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I wouldn't think that like being a process improvement person would be like serving people and like you are, it's just, you don't, I think sometimes you just don't see that on the day to day. So you have to remind yourself.
0: Yeah. That's
1: awesome. Um, Okay. Did you have a favorite friar or sister when you were at Franciscan on campus?
2: Um, I think I just really liked Father Nathan because he was just so joyful and smiling all the time and he would like walk by and I just would warm my heart. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I can take on this day just by seeing Father mm-hmm. Nathan's face, right?
1: <laughs> okay, how about your favorite place to study? Oh, on or off campus, doesn't matter.
2: On or off campus. Um, so this one is like, maybe not hard. I really liked CODA. So like I was not a science major, but it was always super quiet in there. And like I think it was like the second or third floor. I found this out from like my computer science friend. But um, super quiet. Nobody's really there over the weekend. So like ideal spot if you don't have a car, or you're stuck on campus, coda for sure.
1: Yeah, I remember somebody telling me that when we were here, and they were like, "We should go do our group project in coda because no one is there." And it was, yeah. it was true. Wow, it was like a little retreat space. Great.
0: What about your favorite thing to do off campus? Did you have a spot to go or something that you liked to do?
2: Um so I didn't have a car, so I was usually at the mercy of my friends. but um, <laughs> I um I think any chance I got, I really liked going to burgatory. <laughs> so Ooh. we did that a few times. Oh yeah, love, for love sure. red meat, so big fan. <laughs>
1: Some good food. <laughs> for real. Get out of town for a little bit. Get a great burger, milkshake. Yes. You're like, I can take on the next month and a half. We can do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was very interesting and helpful to get some tips from you and to hear about what you're doing. Thank you for your service to our current students and everything. If, yes. If we can be of any assistance and to help you, we're very, very happy to do that. Right.
2: Yeah, no. Uh, thank you for having me. This was uh, a lot of fun. Always good to connect with some alumni. And if people want to get involved, uh, yeah, feel feel free to send them our way. We're always looking for more alumni to help. Um, and especially if people um, have companies or like internship opportunities they want to highlight, like definitely please feel free to reach out to myself or Courtney. Um, always looking for help in hand.
1: Great. We'll put your... Wow your contact info in the um, in the show notes so people can reach out.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Megan.
0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Legends from the Hill. If you liked this conversation, please share it with an alumni you think would also enjoy it. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Franciscan alumni to stay up to date on events in your area and news on campus.
1: Do you know an alumni who has a story to tell? We want to hear legends from throughout our 75 year history. Email us suggestions for the podcast at alumni at franciscan.edu. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Legends from the Hill.